thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the guard frequency because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 272 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, August 23rd, and made available for download on Tuesday, August 27th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Ken Shadow. And I'm Tony. This week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry Net Weber Tubes, right Jeff? That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday night, you should really come join us at around 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support our show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them, because the more support we can get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on that big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons, Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Jeff? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from simulated space, including the latest news from Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, In the Black, and Kerbal Space 2. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDonald and Galactic. Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, hitting the hard deck and buzzing the tower. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Star Citizen opens up the PTU and the 890 jump to Wave 1, and Crytek opens their checkbook. Elite Dangerous teases the September and December updates and raises more questions than they answer about the upcoming playable carriers. Kerbal Space Program announces version 2.0 coming in Spring 2020, and this time you can strand your Kerbals in deep space. The space sim formerly known as Starfighter Inc. sends new playable pre-release demos out in the black. See what I did there? Huh? Did you see what uh-huh. I did there? Because uh-huh. that's their we new did. name. We did. What, we did. It what, wasn't what, subtle. They, they, they sent their new demos out into the black. Because they got a new playable demo, and they changed their name because of copyright stuff. Come on, guys. I like the it's new name. to write the show. I think it's okay. cool. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Jokes are uh, better okay. when they expl- you explain them. I know. That's. I'm taking my cues from Shiv here. Jokes are always better when you explain them. And anyway, in any event, so uh, those of you who have contributed to 
in the Black Ida Kickstarter announcement, didn't you, Brian? Oh, we did. We did. Yes. And I, I probably should have that page open. It's okay because I put the link in the show notes. And Thank it's right you. There. Appreciate you just, that. Just like straight open it right there. And they so so before it loads. Anyway, they added more modes. Uh, oh, here, here they go. Cyber Strike, a covert operation to take out a highly defended mining operation. Debris Sweep, a race against the clock to clear incoming debris from striking a character. Carrier. There what, what, what is with that word? <clears throat> yeah, De- listen for the blooper reel, folks, because he did that like six times in the uh, intro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same mistake. Deploy to Space Logistics Base in free flight. Practice your piloting skills without threat of attack. And Ship Paint Customization, a preview of how players will be able to customize the exterior of their ships in the commercial release of the games. These are all kind of like little mini demos of the individual features that are not quite integrated fully yet, I guess. Yeah, they also said that they currently have joystick support. They currently have a pilot's manual, which uh, listeners of the show recall I kind of well, we all kind of took Rebel Galaxy Outlaw to task for not having some kind of instructional support upon release. So In the Black apparently was listening to us. Uh, apparently they are fans of the show. And so they've got a manual out there for uh, for everybody now, too, to, to peruse and learn how to fly. Um, and they are promising a multiplayer mode in the near future, and their physical rewards for backers should come out sometime in September. So pretty, pretty substantial update from the uh, Impeller Studios fellows. Uh, so if you have uh, alpha access uh, to that game, check it out because the Gamescom and PAX West trade shows uh, encourage them to get that release out to you guys to play. Now you have more things to do, Ken Shadow. You've got another assignment. Excellent. You've got, you've got, you've got, to, you've got to play more, more games, damn more, it. More games. Playing more games, damn it. It was, it, uh, was fun. it was fun, that multiplayer session that we had a while back. We'll have to do that again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, once they, I mean, once they add the official multiplayer support in, I think, yeah, we should definitely have them back in for another for another go-around. And maybe this time I'll actually, you know, not be doing other things and be able to show up and do that with you guys, because I missed out on the last one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't even realize you weren't there. Sorry. I was I was very sad. Total FOMO. Total FOMO, like the kids say. I mean, the kids have stopped saying that, haven't they? Have the kids stopped saying FOMO? Uh, once they I find don't. out the old man lawyer is saying it, they will if they haven't. Okay. Okay. So I'm 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 killing fear of missing out right now. Literally, I'm killing FOMO. You just did it right there. Yeah, I, mean, I just that was the yeah, yeah. that was yeah. how do you kill a trend? Be on nowhere, it'll be <laughs> yeah. on know your meme. You know when it ended, it'll be right right now. Grandpa says like, FOMO now. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everyone. Somebody called the trend police. I've just committed murder. So there <laughs> there it went. Uh, anyway. And ding, ding, the bell means that that meme is dead. Okay. Next thing is something that Henry will be excited about. Hey, Henry. Hey, man. Kerbal News. Kerbal gets a sequel. Yeah. Kerbal gets Kerbal a sequel. Too. That's very exciting. Very, very exciting. The The trailer for it is not actual gameplay footage, so that worries me a little bit. You know, even if it's just a graphical update to Kerbal with interstellar travel, it's freaking great. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of cool stuff in the trailer, the most important probably is that interstellar travel. Our intro, we mentioned you could cur- strand Kerbals. I don't know how that's new. I've been stranding Kerbals since I started playing Kerbal. What's new is you can strand them in interstellar space. Ah, well, they can get lost can... further from home. Yes, so yes the space stations from... are new, right? Well, you can build space stations too. What's new, there's colonies. Um, yeah. The, the space stations... People have been building space stations forever because you can launch modules and dock them the way we actually build space stations. Um, What this is, is a place or a way that you can actually land on a planet and then build your colony out. Um, And I believe you're pulling resources from the from your landing site. Very, very cool to be able to build on site. 
what I what I read was eventually you'll become sort of self sufficient. At some point, you can start building your own rockets at your colony. Yeah. So that means you don't you don't need you don't need spacecraft to come from from Kerbin anymore. You can just you know make your own. So yeah. So uh, the nice uh, big update. It's from a different studio, uh, but ever you know, the the press seems to think that they've got the spirit of the original. Uh, sort of captured, and they also said that they're going to be paying more attention to showing people how the orbital mechanics work. There'll still be trial and error, but maybe a little less trial and error uh, when it comes to figuring out how orbits go. Come on, you can't do orbital mechanics in your head? Come on, man. I can't do orbital mechanics on paper or with a calculator or with a computer. I just can't do orbital mechanics. I like Elite Dangerous where they just like go, yeah, and you don't have to worry about all that. Well, give me give me some numbers. I'll uh, call up my scientific calculator right now, and we'll do some orbital mechanics. I, to be clear, I know how to punch buttons on a calculator. I just don't know which order to put them in or what little operations to do <clears throat> in the, in the you, middle. You, are you telling me you don't know sine from cosine? I do know sine from cosine because I have a uh, mnemonic that tells me, uh, Soka Toa, or that's my wife's thing that I adopted. The one I had in high school was Toa Soka because I thought it was like a karate Hong Kong <laughs> Jackie Chan kind of a thing. So And now the kids uh, don't say Toa Soka anymore either. Right. Yeah, I just killed that too. I just, it, you know, I'm no longer a trigonometry ninja like I used to be. Nice. Uh, so this is a totally standalone separate yes. game, right? Yes. Yep. Totally new game. So one one thing I noticed, and, and I think Scott Manley pointed it out, there is a scene where you see a planet with rings, and there are a lot of rings. That's new to Kerbal also, rings. So you see a planet with a ring, and then you see another planet or moon, I guess, that's very close to it, almost in the field of the rings, which couldn't exist. And I think they, I, I hope that they're going for better realism than that. Right. It's a trailer, right? So Yeah, it's a trailer, but they need to be careful. Oz. They said better understanding of orbital mechanics. I really hope that's not a button that says, visit the moon, visit Kerbin. <laughs> and it says, yeah. oh, here's your orbital <laughs> mechanics. You know, I yeah, don't want to see that yeah, happen. No. So. I, I think the emphasis was on teaching you how to use the physical, the physics in there to achieve orbits and, and you know, work with the physics, not... Just hand it to you. Yeah, that's my understanding. That's what I got from the article. So, Henry, when that comes out next, uh, before it's apparently supposed to come out, so that it meets some sort of quarterly financials or yearly financials. So it's almost guaranteed to come out before March thirty first. Nice. So, so I'll be getting yeah, it for so. my birthday next year. That's great. Woo-hoo. Happy birthday, Henry! And next up on the list, we got a pretty. I'm going to call it a substantial announcement from Frontier Dev. And the reason I'm going to use the word substantial is because it had some substance to it, substance to it, just not a lot of substance to it. So a lot of it was reminder uh, on the part of the September update, which is just, hey, remember, we've got a full voice, nice mission tutorial coming up. It's going to be a better intro experience for new players. And ARCs is coming, their new currency. So that's just like a reminder. But the December update is going to have carriers, which longtime listeners will recall, that was something we were promised last December, and then it got pushed. So a one-year delay of that. So, and it's not exactly what I had envisioned. I don't know. We'll go around the table and, and see if this uh, this announcement has met everybody else's expectations. Henry, does it meet your expectations? The carriers? I don't know, man. I, yeah. We didn't really get a lot of solid information. I mean, they showed us a cool carrier. That's cool. It said that we're going to have our personal carrier. Does that mean it'll be mine individually? Yes. Um, so it's not going to be part of a squad. We're sure of that now. Nope. Yep. Wow. I, I didn't get that from the thing because I didn't get that specifically. 
was mentioned, oh, yeah. but it maybe that was in text somewhere. But um, yeah, that's that's a big deal. I think that's cool. That's probably cooler than it, than I'd have expected. You know, I All think right. that's neat. I think it looks cool too. Yeah, the design looks cool. I mean, it's, it's a cool thing to look at. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeff, Jeff, any expectations met, exceeded? Uh, yes and no. I think that uh, um, I, it's good to see the carriers. I'm glad that everybody can at- obtain one. Whether they want to obtain one is another question because I understand it's going to take special fuel to go around the galaxy. Yeah. And that has, a, that has me a bit concerned. Um, I agree. But uh, it'll it'll be kind of nice if if uh, we coordinate and we all get our carriers set up the way. I mean, I, I like the fact that uh, you know that you can set them up with different modules to do different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I like that uh, you know that they included search and rescue in there because we're all about the searching and rescuing. Oh right? sure, yeah. But um, no cost yet, and that's you know. How much yeah. am I going to have to grind to, to get to the, you know, uh, to afford one of these things? I can comfortably tell you it will be a lot. It will be a lot. It will be a lot. My impression before the release was that this was something a group of people would buy. But that's yes. not. That's what, that's what my impression was to begin with. That is not yes. what they're saying here. No. Yeah. No. No. And uh, you guys have all kind of hit on the stuff that I was most uh, uh, concerned about and had my eyebrow tweaked on, uh, you know, the idea was this was supposed to be uh, at the beginning sort of a, a squadron thing, right? It's something that people would contribute to. It would probably take a lot of resources to acquire. And then it would take uh, probably also a lot of resources to maintain and operate and upgrade. We were, you know, ideally, or my ideal, and when we talked about this, was it was like to be like the Starbase system in Star Trek Online, where everybody t- sort of chipped into various piles and once all those piles hit the threshold boom you got the carrier or the upgrade or whatever it was they've gone completely the direction and now it's something that every commander can have one of you can buy one for a substantial amount of credits i think was the phrase that they used and then as jeff was pointing out in order to move it you've got to have this unique resource which is probably going to be a new currency a new marker a new token a new thing you've got to go out and earn and and and, and grind which I think what this means is they have it backwards because I can see on a group owned asset, it costing a lot of credits that you have to gather together. Uh, it credits are relatively easy to ma- attain these days with the void opals and stuff. So I can see that happen, you know, being like, you know, a, a high threshold that a group had to meet and they had to grind whatever activities they wanted to do in order to meet this high threshold. And then having a unique resource that everyone had to go acquire and get to move the ship, because that would be a unifying activity, right? Hey, everybody, it's time to go mine hand wavium so we can jump our ship. But this is backwards for a single player. I mean, every single player game I've ever done, it's it's hard to get the thing, but once you have it, it's easy to use, right? Yeah. I mean, so it should be easy. It should be hard to acquire the tokens to earn the ship. But then once you have it, you should, like, fly all over the damn place with it. Right. I mean, the only way this makes sense is if they make it easier to either transfer or or deposit this material when you're on the ship. Yes. Like, you get your passengers, all right, you guys are all on the ship, everybody sell me your the lithium, right? Yep. You know, and sell it to the ship or however, however the mechanism works, right? And that, that's the only way that would think it would make sense. 
That Otherwise, would, it's yeah. too much on one person. That 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 fixes it. That fixes it. I mean, we already have fuel in game, right? I mean, why not? Why aren't we using the same fuel? I mean, that, just make it a massive quantity, like a really massive quantity. It makes sense because the range on this thing is 500 light years, and and that's the and that's the other part of the equation about this special fuel. So you can only go uh, 500 light years on a, on a tank of this stuff. And, and the other the other thing, the other point to add to Jeff uh, is that it's you know we're the different hyperdrive situation too, right? And that's just credits in another form, right? You go to a, a star dock or a station and you buy the hydrogen fuel, you load up your cargo bay with it, and you, just, and you fly it there. So it's just credits just changed form. This, right. th- this is driving gameplay towards some other mechanic that, yeah. requ- that is for the fuel. Probably a mining thing or some other new mechanic they're doing. Yeah, or, I, you know, I agree If this was that. any other company, I would say, well, the fuel is actually British pounds. And yeah, and that was the other thing. Place. Yeah, that was the other thing I thought immediately because what's the September update? Arcs. So if the fuel is arcs, the the what you know, it, they already said that you're going to earn arcs for everything you do, right? You're going to get an arcs reward for every kind of gameplay that you participate in. So if you're mining, you know, some arcs will pop out, or when you sell your ore, you'll get some payment and credits and some payment in arcs. If you're uh, bounty hunting, you're going to get some a tip. You're going to get a tip in arcs, whatever. However, they decide to do it. So that would be a way for you to get those things. Now, what they've always said though is that the arcs that can you know you can buy that as well for great British pounds, right? They've always said it's only for cosmetics. But if I were them, that would be so tempting, so tempting. Say yeah, yeah, carrier boy, just kind of collecting dust and rust up there tied up by the dock. Wouldn't you like it to go somewhere today? For only five American dollars, you too can have a tank full of hand wavium, and off you go. Yeah, so, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. And again, Frontier's track record on these things is that they they stick with the whole money is cosmetics. They've they've stuck with it for a long time. But the temptation here would be so easy. So easy, and I and I'm I'm sorry to say that I think I know what happened from the first iteration of hearing about this to this iteration yeah. of it is that there there probably was a loud voice on the reddits or whatever saying, "Woe is me! I'm not in a squad. How right. will I ever gain a carrier? Nor do I have any intention of joining a squad uh, just to uh, you yep. know get access to one." So they did a 180 on this thing, and now. They're coming, trying to. I agree, one hundred percent. That I am almost, I'm virtually certain that you are correct, Jeff. There and are other, there are other gameplay mechanic issues that are potentially harder if it's not owned by a single player. Actually, there's oh, a yeah. whole. I have, I have a bajillion questions, but, but yeah, yeah. But if it's owned by an org, right, that implies all sorts of things that don't exist in the game right now right yeah and, and how that persists and, and where it goes and, and like and who yep. controls it at any given time even with yep. this you have the problem okay it's owned by tony and i'm i docked my ship on on there and he took me out somewhere what happens if he disconnects you know do i have only like a minute to get out get my ship out of the ship before the carrier despawns and if the carrier despawns well, is my ship floating I read, or red you you're you can be given permissions on or certain kinds of permissions on the on the. I think it's okay. just a dock. I think it's just a dock. 
Yeah. And if I understand the mechanic correctly, I, as the ship owner, can jump it wherever and however I please. And you can just, and I can also kick you out. So what I read right now is, is that I could strand you. If I was a jerk, I could strand you in the middle of nowhere, could jump a thousand light years away, pop you out. And then wave goodbye and jump away. I mean, there's going to be some there's going to be some questions that need to be answered, and maybe that's why they're telling us to view these features four months early so that we can kind of metagame this out a little bit. But uh, there, yeah. But having an org own it would be you'd go through the same growing pains as Star Trek Online did with those fleet politics. You'd have to come up with a sort of council, a, a, a triumvirate council, is how uh, Star Trek Online fixed it. By having three people who could own the asset, one person uh, can only one person, only one of those three can be kicked out at a time, but one of the other two can rescue that person. So that always there's three, and they all they invite power. It's it's kind of complicated. Frontier just sidestepped all of that. They they addressed Jeff's concern, which was probably almost certainly they probably looked at their data and said the vast majority of our players play solo and private, and don't have a squadron capable of handling a massive investment like that. So it probably made more sense mechanically and it probably made more sense, like Ken Shadow was saying, programmatically trying to figure out how to program all this crap in. So now the question is, are there now going to be missions that are specifically carrier-based? Like you pretty much that'd, have to have a carrier to get there and be great. play the mission. Yeah, that'd be great. One thing I did notice is that the the modules that they said that they would uh, that you could possibly hook in I think those corresponded pretty directly to the contacts list at the station. Bounty hunting, uh, mercenary, combat, uh, search and rescue. Uh, I, I think what it means is you're going to have one, co- you can choose a contact to have as uh, somebody on board. So if you want to have, uh, if you want to do a bounty hunting ship, you're going to want to have the guy that gives out the, the bounties on there so you can turn them in whenever you dock at your ship. So I think I think that's probably going to be what those modules correspond to is so, the is will the, the will the guy be giving out missions from your ship? Could you like fly out somewhere with him or something like that and, and take I, missions from him? I imagine if you took the bounty hunting guy out, he would give you massacre missions or or pirate assassination missions. Right. Another question I would have is: you can do refuel, rearm, et cetera, et cetera, right? But no, three that, things. Three things: refuel, rearm, repair. That's default, and every ship gets that. Right, but is that? I'm assuming that that's just normal station stuff, right? Yeah. So, yep. where does the if the the money that you pay into that probably doesn't go into the owner's pocket, and there's probably no restocking the owner has to do in order to have those things on board no, for you to no. do those things. Uh, in my head, it's the union, the guild. <laughs> it's union rules. Yeah, that, that that's magic that happens because the pilots' federation has licensed you to have the ship or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 portable stations. What they've done is they've given you a portable station. A portable that's really station. What done. I feel like five hundred light years is not enough, especially well, it's if it's going to be hard fuel. to make it jump. Because I can jump five hundred yeah. light years in a couple of like minutes. It's no big deal. You just do a bunch of jumps. It's easy. Right, but you can't take three ships with you. Yeah, but if you're going to take them someplace meaningful, that 500 light years is not enough to get you where you're going for the cost, even if it costs no, like, like next to nothing. If you have to stop every 500 light years and go collect resources, it's so slow to go anywhere. What's the no, point? No, it's just 500 light years per jump. They didn't say how much of the fuel it uses. Actually, that's a good point, though, because they do limit your bank size on like engineering materials. 
So if that unique resource that you can have, if you have a limited capacity, they could almost force you to jump someplace, stop, collect resources, or fingers crossed, you have friends that are contributing. They can contribute from their bank to refill your bank, and then you can jump the ship again. I mean, that's, these are all questions. Again, as I said in the, the, the teaser for the show, we've got more questions than answers at this point. But that brings up another good point. It must be a resource that you can collect almost anywhere, or else how, right. would, you, how would you ever get to Colonia or whatever, right? Market. Right. Uh, they must have a market um, panel on the on the carrier for you to deposit the fuel. So does that mean you could buy and trade with that too? Because that opens up a whole different type of gameplay. I I hope so. Like like you know like Ken Chad has been saying. I, I mean it, like we all been talking about. I hope this is a fuel or this unique resource. And I even I have an idea for what it is too. I think it's probably Quirium. Because in the old games, you needed Quirium to you to fuel your jump drive, uh, and in the lore, people quote forgot how to make it. So I'm guess I'm going to call it Quirium at this point. So I hope that Quirium is either a super easy to get, and you get it at like arcs every time you turn in a mission or a bounty or whatever you know, uh, sell a void opal, whatever it is. I and then I also hope, or maybe in conjunction with this, it's also tradable among players, transferable among players. Because that would make, you know, right now there is zero cooperative game or almost zero cooperative game in doing these, quote, fleet carriers. It's not. It's a personal carrier. So that would be a way to bring some of that cooperative uh, uh, organization back to it is if there was a way for the everybody that you wanted to tag along with you to contribute to the journey. Yeah. The other the other thing I think was mentioned, I guess, in kind of a side conversation with uh Aladdin and Chivalry being on the, the, the thing is that, uh, you know, if you're going to have to, what, whatever mechanism they have for acquiring this stuff, there's a good chance you need to have people on board for just doing that or having extra ships on board for, for just doing that, right? So that you're not, even if you're going out and doing some other mission, you might need to at some point swap over and potentially go gather fuel and, or maybe the fuel right. tip. You need a mining a ship. Yeah, you need a mining ship or a ship with a large cargo hold because you're going to be taking in the raw resource. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to uh, – a tradable, transferable uh, jump fuel brings back a lot of that cooperative gameplay or at least some gameplay where you have to plan on doing lots of things out there, even if it's by yourself. I got to bring a mining ship. I got to bring a ship with a big cargo hold or whatever. And are they attackable? And No, no, no. They're unblow-uppable. Okay. And you can only have one per instance. So I can't, I can't, you know, have a carrier race with Kin Shadow. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I jump in, probably there's a, uh, probably if I activate the wing beacon or whatever, if you jump into the same system, you can see my uh, ship on your nav panel and could navigate to it. Wait, and wait, if you have permission, you could dock there. You said it's unblow-uppable? Yep, unblow-uppable. So it has a whole bunch of weapons all over it, but, but nobody can ever attack it? Does it have weapons? Yeah, they You're have not a, flying well, I, it around like you would an anaconda. No. This is like a stationary no. thing. You wouldn't go to a, a station and start trouble yep. either. I wonder if it's yeah. got those well, killer no, guns. It's, it's flyable. Yeah, they it's, don't clarify how it moves. Like I, said, I think the existing one, you're right. It's just a space station, then it hops between several jumps or whatever the heck it does, right? Nobody's actually flying it. It looks, at least importantly, you know, the video makes it looks like somebody's flying this thing. The video makes it look like that, but for what they said was you can do the jump from uh, from your map. 
So you can probably jump it to like a planetary orbit, right? Like I, 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 I click on the system map, I click on a planetary body or maybe even a station. Hey, fingers crossed, a station. That would be cool. You jump it in next to Denver Station. That would kind of rock. Yeah. But you know, uh, but I'm, I'm guessing probably what they're going to do is you can uh, jump it to a planet or of uh, or a lunar orbit, uh, or even the sun, I suppose, even a navigation point. Probably if you can see it on the map from several systems away, if you can drill down on it from several systems away, you can jump to that. Because remember how the capital ships work? Because this will be capital ships. These are capital ships, right? So uh, when you're dealing with capital ships in uh, the Majestic class and the Federal Battlecruiser, they, you're almost always in a, uh, a combat zone or near a station, and that's where you see them, and they jump in kind of in a planetary orbit, right? They're in a combat zone instance, which is a USS or, you know, a navigable point that you can select. And you're flying around and they're shooting other things. And all of a sudden you hear the, you know, massive frame shift interference, whatever it is. And then the ship flies out of that cloud. So I imagine they're supposed to work kind of the same way. Uh, so you can be three systems away, click on ANC-3 and then jump into the orbit of ANC-3. And then you're stuck there until you make another jump. Mm. So... Uh, the portable stations. You're getting a portable station is what you're getting, which is good because, you know, as long as the jump fuel mechanic and the limitations they put on it, like tank size uh, or or uh, bank limitation, as long as that makes sense. So if, if, if that's the case, do these things just never despawn them? That's a great that's a great question. Like, could I park my ship on your your thing and then you go fly around for whatever and then you go log off and then when i get back on your your carrier pops back into the instance and then i'm there and i can take off or whatever and i can potentially come back to it yeah thinking about it like that i think the way that makes the most sense is that if either i'm online or someone that i've given permission to dock at my carrier is online it exists in the game so, like, if I said, so if I gave, like, I, and they better have a button like this for sure, or else people are going to complain. If I had anyone in my, if I hit, could click a, a, a radio's button and say, everyone in my squadron has permission to dock at my carrier. So that any, so then, and I jump it to the orbit of Anseath 4, I put it over capital. And I say, hey, everybody, I got my ship there if you want to, you know, come hang out on my ship. So a, a million corner cases just popped into my head. Exactly. I know. More <laughs> questions than answers. Yeah. All they've done is given us more questions than answers. But, hey, I love the game we're building, so why not? Uh, and, 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 and honestly, I really do think that they put this out here so that people can game this stuff out and go, oh, shit, we didn't think of that. You know, I mean, they—they, I really do think that they had a design for a squadron-based carrier. They looked at their player data. They looked at the time they had to get the, the feature together. They said, well, crap, that ain't going to work. And so they ported it over to an individual carrier. And then a lot of the stuff that they thought was going to work because it was squadron-based, maybe they haven't thought out all the way now that it's going to be personal-based. So, and I think that maybe that, that hopefully they're going to be able to take some design changes on board before they... Uh, commit to anything in particular uh, but they've committed to really seem in December so here we go I wonder <laughs> fingers crossed since they're going with an individual carrier I wonder if they're uh, kind of screwing themselves by making something that is new content for their new release that they're really excited about something you have to be a really rich player to get void opals are so easy you can get a billion credits like super easy now. I don't have any well you need to mine some void opals then I guess yeah, well, we'll we'll get to, we'll get together as a squadron. And we'll all go mine void opals. I mean, that, that's a thing that's going to happen now, uh, and so uh, Frontier will just have to make sure the void opal market doesn't collapse. Uh, but 
you know, it, it's the the figure that I've seen batted around is ten billion. Frontier hasn't said anything, but I think that's reasonable. A fully outfitted cutter will, will run you a billion, um, and uh, and I think a, a, a baseline carrier for ten billion is probably about right. Jeez, so, says the guy with all the money and all the ships to the I dude that's about, made maybe two two hundred thousand or two hundred million my again, whole career in elite. Again, I think they got it exactly backwards. I think that they should, and again, ten billion credits is nothing to sneeze at, but it's a lot easier to do it now than it was at the beginning of the game when they, the game first released. But they really should have made it so that the carrier was built by a variety of commodities, filling up the little pockets like a starbase project, and then made it easy to run. They should have made it hard to get by having to collect and collaborate with a bunch of different resources, and then easy to run. Uh, to jump it around and do stuff. So I think they got the design backwards, but we'll see if that works. Well, I, I, I think I disagree. You disagree I think, with me? You know, it depends oh, on what... Well, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, think about it for this 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 perspective. If, if they do provide a cooperative mechanic for the fuel, then that means that if, multi, if you're going to take it out anywhere, everybody has to contribute in order just to move it, yeah. right? Whereas if it, they did the other way around... Uh, we would all help Tony get the materials for, or help Tony for whatever missions he needs to do in order to get his his carrier up and running, and then I would go get mine, and then we'd all have a bunch of, we'd have all our carriers, and we wouldn't play together, <laughs> right? No. Because there's no point. Well, no, I, I think what Tony was saying was that in the original way, it was a squadron asset, not a Tony asset. Oh, oh yes, okay, sure. If if you're going to do it that way, but yeah. if they chose to do solar ownership, solar ownership, then the, the, this way makes more sense in my opinion. You know, honestly, we're acting like they're not letting us have squadron carriers by making them an individual thing. Honestly, if they're very expensive and they're hard to fuel, it makes sense for someone in our squad to be the one that buys it, as long as there's a way. For us to share resources, like Tony's saying, they got the best of both worlds. If somebody wants to be a player and play by themselves and earn one and do it themselves, they can. You know, it's like having a squadron of one, but it's, you know, you could do it. But if you want to do it with your friends, do it. Yeah. I, I, like, for example, I mean, I, I intend to do whatever grinding I need to do to have one because I will then buy a carrier and then give the squadron the permission is to dock there. And if we if we as a squadron decide that, well, we should move that thing out to Colonia, I'm hoping that I can just remote control jump it out there. And I don't have to be there, right? I mean, because they said you can jump it from the galaxy map. No one said I had to be aboard it when it happened. So if I want to keep my, if I want to keep flying in the bubble, but I want my carrier, if I want to send my carrier out to the bubble, why shouldn't I be able to remote control jump it? I order it to go to Colonia, and then my, my friends can all dock there and use the rearming uh, uh, facilities and whatever. That'll definitely change the fuel rats. Oh, the fuel rats are going to love this. They're going to have bases all over. They're going to have little fuel outposts all over the all over the galaxy. That's going to be, I mean, they're going to love it. They're going to absolutely love it, because then all they have to do is direct somebody to the nearest station. You don't have to, like, go back to the nearest starport. They can jump a fuel station out to you, and they just got to get, they just got to rescue you either from your system or even just get to a system close by. Fuel rats are going to love this. Their the model right now is, we have fuel, you don't. Any questions? It'll be, we have a gas station, you don't. Any questions? That'll be their new motto. So, uh, uh, no, I think they're going to like it. Uh, so, well, hopefully they do anyway, because they're one of the coolest parts of the game. And basically, just before we went live, Skiffy in our Discord was just thrilled to kibbles and bits because he got Wave 1 access to the PTU for 3.6.2 in Star Citizen. 
So I can't shadow. I understand you had a chance to get in there. Yep. Yep. Uh, messed around with the 890 jump in free flight. And then I jumped into the PTU and uh, played around with a number of people in there. Um, the, okay. So if you just, just, uh, just to go ahead and level set anybody, anybody that's got PTU access that gets in there, just go to free flight first, <laughs> because yeah. if you go to PTU, you're going to be sitting hours in line waiting to spawn the 890s because it's literally like a swarm of them around Olasar. It looks really odd because they're like these huge ships and there's just a bunch of them kind of interlocking, you know, and flying around each other and whatnot <laughs> and people hopping yeah. off them and trying to dock on them. It's it's actually it's, really humorous. But it's you're like not, a di- I'm imagining a dirigible orgy. Yes. But okay. it is not. Um, it is almost impossible to spawn one because that each each of the things you spawn on only have one large pad. You can then spawn the the eight ninety on, and that one is almost perpetually full of people pulling out on them. So um, go to free flight, spawn it there. Um, everybody that's got PTU access, which is subscribers and concierge at the moment, has have access to the eight ninety. They're going to be rolling out other uh, waves as we go on. Um, the ship is just great. Um, it is not a ship I would buy in the game, you know, for fake money or real money or however you want to play it, because it is one of those ships where this ship is for uh, luxury and mm. like um, 90% of the ship isn't really um, what it's I would consider. It's yeah, a hot tub. It's a hot, it's tub. Hot, it's tub. A hot yeah. tub and like luxury beds and stuff. In theory, you'll be able to transport guests and stuff like that and have high rollers pay you money to transport them and stuff like that in the, in the final game. That gameplay is way off, in my opinion, because it is very low on their totem pole of things they need to test and get out. Um, right. So 90% of the ship is just, it's just pretty. But walking around the ship is, is just a total joy. Um, it's not like the 600i where it's like super Spartan and you feel like you're walking in an Apple store. It, it, it's more like a luxury hotel kind of feel in my opinion. And, um, and it is laid out in a way that feels somewhat intuitive. And I, I just enjoyed running around it for like a couple of hours and, and then flying it. And then like, there's this giant window above the atrium and, um, mm-hmm. I love flying it, you know, over planets to get scenic shots, and then running out, running in the public ship, running back to the atrium just to see what the what the the view in the giant atrium window looked like with you know flying above a planet. Um, this game's already you know incredible in terms of special effects, and, and this this ship is a nice showpiece for those special effects and and whatnot. Um, also, all of the elevators. Um, and all of the other mechanical goodies and the cabinets that open and all the objects that you pick up. Um, I'd say they, they work about 90% of the time, which for a PTU oh. ship is really good. I only had one issue where I had like a clipping issue with one of the elevators, but from everything else, everything was very smooth. Animations were, were already kind of well tested before they deployed you it. You didn't get dumped into the vacuum of space? No, no, not, not on, even not once. On, not an accident anyway. I did do oh, that. Okay. On, right. on, there was some user error there, but, um, oh. oh, okay. Okay. But, but yeah, for the, and, and, and um, so I got on the PTU also, um, hopped in somebody else's 890 because I couldn't spawn one myself and had a number mm-hmm. of people trying to um, land various ships and we tried to cram a bunch of ships into 890s and that was very humorous. Um, somebody mm-hmm. got a Hawk in, into one. Uh, we got a Hawk, an Argo, and a 885X into a single one. Into a single one. Now, it was a weird kind of jumble mess because the pad lowers and so people would land and didn't center their ships right and so as that thing lowered, the the, the the ship hit the edge and it does what it would do and you know physical reality i mean it kind of tipped over and 
mm-hmm. broke wings off and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> it was funny. Nice. Um, but uh, we had, people had fun squeezing things in. I've seen some screenshots of people fitting freelancers in and all sorts of stuff. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, one other thing that kind of came across our radar uh, this week was we heard from our good friend Clown Bobo again. And uh, he uh, Shiv collected his uh, question from feedback, but I thought well, I should promote it to the show proper because I was going to talk about this anyway. But with an intro from Clown Bobo, I don't know how you can go wrong. So uh, <clears throat> so uh, as, as I, uh, <clears throat> I, 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 I quote here, Dear in real life lawyer, parentheses, Tony, it appears to my Sertian eye that Crytek has now paid the price of admission to see what is under the CI Big Top. Please correct me if this is not the case. Assuming my assumption isn't without gristable merit, can you please explain to the citizenry, with a capital C, as using as few big and or Latin terms as possible, point the first, what happens to the 500 large between now when the case is over, point the second, under what circumstances will Crytek lose the 500, Point the third, what is the scope of information Crytek can reasonably request? Can they depose current and or former employees? Point the fourth, what are the chances information from Discovery will be leaked, i.e., how much popcorn in SCUs will this representative cheap seat agent consume between now and the end of March 2020? And why is the answer 42? Love, Barnum and Bobo, LLC, quote, small clowns writ large. So uh, thank you for the excellent questions, Clown Bobo. I shall try to take them one at a time. The judge lowered the bond amount. Uh, CI had requested $2 million plus. The judge said, you get $500,000. Uh, Crytek has then, instead of getting a bond from an insurance company that would pay out in the event uh, the court found that uh, Crytek owed money, they just went ahead and gave the court $500,000. That has the advantage of being just tactically simpler. I mean, just give them 500 grand and let the court sit on it. Depending on what you had planned to do with that money in the meantime, a bond is typically cheaper, but the cash is simpler. So that calculation worked out, I guess, that they just sent the money. Now, sharp-eyed observers who want to get into the nitty-gritty details will notice that the check was actually written from the law firm that uh, Crytek has retained to work on this. Uh, and the check was drawn from a bank in Wichita, Kansas, by the way, just for fun, just, huh. just so you all will know, um, you know, from my hometown. So, uh, but what that, and that's, that is perfectly usual and normal and reasonable because Crytek paid their law firm. The law firm waited for Crytek's check to clear and then the law firm paid it into the court so that there's no question that this is money for a legal purpose in escrow that will, be either payable or not payable at the proper time. So this is this this is I don't think it's unusual at all for the law firm to be the one to pay it into the the, the uh, possession of the clerk of the court. So um, that that's that that's what's happening there. Um, what happens to the five hundred large between now and the case is over? It sits. It's in the possession and jurisdiction of the court, um, and it's going to stay there until either Crytek gets it back or it's awarded to CIG. Under, works, under what circumstances will Crytek lose the 500? If, one, they are not the prevailing party, and two, the judge reads the contract uh, in such a way that the amount that Crytek did not prevail, the extent to which Crytek did not prevail, entitles them to invoke that clause, and C, there's no sort of offsetting sanctions, penalties, you know, offsetting costs, whatever, that Crytek is 
uh, due that Crytek is owed from CI. So if the, once it, those three factors are going to probably weigh in as to whether or not Crytek actually kisses that money goodbye. Um, what's the scope of information Crytek can reasonably request? Can they depose current and or former employees? Yes, to the second question, and somewhat narrowed to the somewhat narrowed to the first. The judge has basically said no fishing expeditions here. You're going to talk about these things in the contract, uh, stuff like their entire Kickstarter fundraising history. Probably not relevant at this time. Almost certainly not relevant at this time. It doesn't mean that they can't find things in discovery and come back and ask for a wider scope or ask for reconsideration or add things to the complaint based on what they find. But at the current time, they probably can depose certain employees, but only about the narrow issues that remain in the case, uh, former employees and current employees. The last one, what are the chances information from discovery will be leaked? Uh, or Is it popcorn buying time? Slim and don't bother buying popcorn. I mean, it's possible stuff's going to leak, but I think it's highly unlikely because they have a stipulated protective order, which means that everybody involved here has agreed to treat this information confidentially, and everyone has a motive now to, number one, stick to an agreement they voluntarily agreed to, and number two, avoid being punished by an angry federal district judge. So, and uh, your mileage may vary as to which one is the more... Uh, uh, pants wedding inducement there, but uh, it, it both both of them are strong incentives to everybody involved to keep a lid on stuff. So stuff might leak, but I am not holding my breath. If everybody's mature and reasonable about this, we won't see a thing, unless and until there's a discovery fight, in which case some stuff might leak out just around the edges. But I'm betting no. I'm betting no. So hopefully that's it. Hopefully that answers all Clown Bobo's questions and also everyone else's questions. And with that, now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. GPR News is supported by a grant from the Foundation for the Advancement of Knowledge Entrepreneurs and by Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments, providing banking and insurance products to the NC system and beyond for over 100 years. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NCEATH. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Some pilots are expressing a preference for old-fashioned authentic trading options. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace on NCEATH 2. Thanks, Spencer. Are you tired of pesky customs officials hounding your every trade? Sick of the Pilots' Federation dictating the price at which you can buy and sell your commodities? Well, many independent pilots are discovering the advantages of trading in gemstones. That's right! Precious and semi-precious jewels are just the thing for preserving your privacy and independence as a trader and business person. While it may seem to some that using pretty shiny rocks is a step backwards in time, back to the primitive days of barter, many economists are supportive of the idea that having an unregulated free market medium of exchange is actually uh, beneficial to the modern economy. Uh, rather than having a quasi-governmental labor monopoly dictate prices, willing buyers and willing sellers can exchange goods and services for cut and polished crystallized minerals in whatever proportions they desire. 
Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments spokesperson Dan Newbody told GPR, quote, It's really all the rage now to have authentic, handcrafted trading experiences without all the impersonal data chits and account numbers. Customers enjoy the tactile feel of actually having a money substitute to throw around, end quote. Uh, from TBW Investments Headquarters on Anseath 2 for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Uh, thanks, Smooth. That was very informative. With the Thargoid menace receding away from core systems, signs of economic recovery are beginning to show themselves. A culinary event supporting a proposed asteroid base was a spectacular success. Thanks to the support of independent pilots who delivered tons of ingredients to the Chamas system. And a new trading starport is being funded in the LP339-7 system. The station will greatly increase mining productivity and reduce income disparity between the inner and outer planets of the system. And a massive cultural festival sponsored by the Alliance is in its fifth week. Many social scientists have observed that this kind of post-battle euphoria is common after a long period of threat and uncertainty. It remains to be seen if this lasts. Finally, in local news, iPuppus Federal Industry is in danger of losing its managerial contracts in the outer planets of the NC system. Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, the smaller factions are having a difficult time keeping up with their responsibilities, providing sales and support to the miners around the gas giants. While mining in the NC system may not be the banner industry it used to be, those stations still provide a crucial lifeline to the hard-working pilots out there cutting rocks every day. End quote. Vias de Torres Terminal may change management firms in the coming days as a result of a snap election called by the independent firm NC Partners. GPR will bring you more news as it develops. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. I'm sorry, do what? What would you like to Last do? Last of the missiles we have hit that ass before it gets a chance to drop those SRVs. Oh, that sounds like a fine idea. Here we go. Five, and these are gonna be these are gonna be at a minus three because the ASP is trying to land, so the missiles can't get up and then come back down. That's not what they're designed to do. So but you get five shots at it. That's a miss. That's a definite miss. That's a miss. And a natural ten. And a nine. So uh, one missile does actually get in, and the explosion is impressive. Uh, but again, the missiles weren't designed to, to do it this way. They are designed to take, in, take, take out things as they were coming down. So it didn't actually completely obliterate the ship, but the ship do goes in for a crash landing. It is not able to land nicely. 
Um, and uh, Adira and Rexford both roll a bomb damage assessment roll. Let's, 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 let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ponder this for just a moment. While he ponders that, I hope the uh, SRVs were damaged inside at least, or maybe the launch mechanisms or the people got roughed up. Like, there has to be some kind of effect, I think, when, on the ground fight that's coming. Once you both roll, once you both roll a uh, a systems check, no repair check, but actually pick systems or repair. Whichever one you have a better uh, better bonus on, roll a systems or repair check. Whichever one you have a better bonus on. Seven. Twelve. Uh, all right. So uh, Rexford, uh, with a hit like that, uh, you're pretty sure they were not going to be able to deploy their landing gear in time uh, before getting down. So it's going to land belly down, and so and you know that that's typically where SRVs deploy from the belly. So you, you're you're pretty convinced that they're not going to be able to deploy vehicles. Now they can still get out of the ship, probably because it was it was hung it was together enough that it was yeah. not going to uh, you know, disintegrate on impact or anything. But nice shooting, Romulan. You just had that thing crash on its belly. We got no buggies. Thanks. Nice. Hey, you one man. We're out of ammo here now, so come get us. <laughs> be there as quick There's as we can. There's a big ass ship way off in the distance. Can I check the distance to that thing now? Um, I'll go go ahead and roll. Go ahead and roll another computer check with the minus two. That's a twelve, so it'd be a ten with the minus two. So it's still ten. All right, so you're able to resolve the contact, so you can get distance and sort of bearing. And it's you can't see what it is exactly, but it is hanging off in, up up high, and it's uh, roughly the it's at roughly a height of fifteen kilometers, and it doesn't appear to be coming any closer it was watching good stuff uh, yeah but it's, so it, but it's hanging it's hanging so up. it's, it's further away by far than the Corvette at two kilometers and the Corvette would have to take off first but it would still get here first uh, if you if you're talking if you're saying this sort of thing out loud the AI will tell you my evaluation of the situation is that does not exa- does not pose a threat at this time yeah, I'm absolutely even talking without out loud. missiles I'm talking okay. into the comm for all of our people in order for it to sufficiently gather enough speed and change course, we would have sufficient warning for you to make it to the Corvette if we leave right now. I'm more worried about the Corvette coming here and getting us. That makes more sense. Yeah, let's... Uh, <clears throat> AL, can you come over here and help me move this uh, this generator? I don't know if I should move because I kind of have my hand where we're like near the comm because I want to pull the comm I wired for this AI in case I have to. I don't want to say this out loud. I just want to tell him not now. Because if the AI goes crazy and I pull the comm on my side, he's got no connection to the world anymore. Okay. Am I being crazy there? Am I being paranoid? I don't want to say that out loud to him. You know. I don't know. If you're not saying this, if you're not saying this out loud, he can't help I you. I kind of just want to say I kind of got if my you're hands looking for full a clue, I should no. stay here. <laughs> yeah, I really should probably stay here. All right, man. It's so, so. I'll uh, okay. I'll poke at this thing myself, I guess. Well, you have all the soldiers and Bell with you, right? Oh yeah, they're great at repairing things. Oh, I see what you're saying. Damn it. <laughs> All right, I'm coming. I'm coming. Screw it. I'm coming. No oh, decisions. No. Oh, they're so hard with consequences. Oh, I love that. God, I hate All you. right, so you leave it are you leaving the handcom plugged in or are you taking the handcom with Damn you? Damn it. You know what? The uh the there's no more missiles, right? Yeah, you're out, you're out of you're out they, of guns. They, you're out we of have the guns though, right? Oh, we do. Well, they have they have anti-personnel weapons. Sort of the the, the, the other thing you got is their anti like for ground assaults, like like anti-tank missiles and stuff. They're not, not nothing that's going to get up 15 kilometers in the air. Okay, I feel like I feel like I'm going to leave the. Uh, damn it, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to leave the handcom plugged in and run over to where Ken Shadow is right now to see if I okay. can help him move the AI. 
Um, so I'm heading over there. On my way, okay. where is Belle? She's still hanging around with uh, Brian. So when I get there, I want to talk to Belle. Can I take her aside? Yeah. Yeah. Belle. What do you want to say? You need to get over to where I was. Get over there and just be by the handcom. Um, I don't care if you look like you're polishing computers. Don't look, you know, suspicious. But if you get the word from us, you need to pull the handcom out of the plug. Because that CanCom's the computer's whole connection to the world. And without the connection on that side, it can't operate anything. So if it goes nuts, you yank that out of the wall and the thing is just cut off. She's like, what have we done? Just be ready to do it. I'm going to go see if I can get it wired up to move. So we got... She looks at you and goes, okay. We have that the camera now too, right? Yeah, you went to the other... You went to the other... Uh, Okay. You went to the mess hall. This even even the dumb soldier knew what to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Bell Bell supervised its removal. It just like popped off the wall. Once they knew what they were looking for, it's like you know, hung up with you know. The soldier didn't packs. bring you like a sprinkler from the room because it was just <laughs> a leg <leg-a> sprinkler. <laughs> Ooh, I better roll for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I have they, a they, 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 they um, <laughs> All right. So what are we, me and Kinshadow doing now? I'm over here with you. You want me to roll right. something? Uh, yeah, so now you can you can you can help him, and but but Ken Shadow is taking the lead on it. So you get to either bluff, intimidate, diplomacy, or uh, what was the other one? Charm. Bluff, intimidate, charm, or so, charm. So wait, I do this roll or? Yes, you decide. You decide how you I'm want to get him to charm. Clock. All right. I got a thirteen. Oh, 13. So yeah, it's just a success. So okay. go ahead and uh, Henry can. And the computer uh, is helping me too, I assume, right? Yeah, so it so you're gonna you can roll you can roll a repair check and Henry is going to help you by adding in half his modifier. So what's your modifier, Henry? Repairs fifty one mod is five. So mod's five. So divided by two, that's two. So roll a repair, add your bonus and add two to that. Uh Twelve. fourteen. Very good. Plus the computer. Oh, plus oh well, four, fourteen. Yeah, you're you're fine. You're good. You're you know, you're the roll. Your roll by itself might have been fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but it's it's tricky. But and so so it's a good thing you had the help because you have figured out a way to uh, just loosen the wires from the wall. It's not it's a prefab building, so it's not much more than they ran the wire under the wall and like plastered it in there. So without too much difficulty, you're able to uh, free it free it from the from the wall and. Uh, uh, sort of shimmy it around the corner to the door and you now have a clear shot with the wire still connected to the generator and you've got six grunts helping you uh, rustle stuff around. So within within a f- five minutes or so, uh, you're able to uh, get it free and, and get it going. Okay. So you now have, it's, it's now, it's now, it's like a, it's like a yo-yo, right? It's like a, the right. one end of the ball is the AI and the other end of the ball is the generator. So we can't fit both in the same SRV, right? Not in the same pod. Do they have are there any other ground vehicles here we could use? No, but I mean you have an SR you can like drape it over, right? You put you you shove the you won't be able to close the doors. Okay. But you can shove the computer in one, generator in the other. Yeah. If you roll a fourteen, you get it all worked out. Uh that you can that you could it, it'll 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 stay together, but it's not it's not neat or anything. You're not gonna be able to barrel over the lands at high speed. Okay. Uh, I just wanna be able to, to like be careful. get on the the Corvette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, at that point, that's really all you need to do. But just, just be aware that if any, if there was any sort of combat or maneuvering necessary, you'll be at an extreme disadvantage. I kind of have a feeling we're just going to be driving into the belly of the Corvette and getting out of here anyway. Oh, you certainly hope so, don't you? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Uh, so, Adira and Rexford, were you going to turn back around or were you going to get to the Corvette? I'm still going straight yeah. for the Corvette. Okay. So you both make it to the Corvette without incident. 
uh, you're able to get back on board. And what do you do once you get your SRV stowed? We stowed the SRVs. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm bolting for the um, the cockpit. Okay. Um, I'm gonna tell Adira. I'm gonna get this thing in the air. You get on the weapons. All right. Or no, uh, scan that last target first. Yeah, the weapons are attached to the pilot seat, so the other options oh, okay. are electronic warfare, uh, sensors, and engineering. I'll get this thing in the air. You try to scan that last target. Okay, uh, so you you hit the go button. It's right there next, yep. to the, right next to the easy button. Can I hit the go or go faster button? No, it's just a go Actually, button. Actually, he does have an automated takeoff now. It's standard. That's true. It is. It is yeah. So there is so, a go uh, button, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so so the go button is pressed. The ship launches without any trouble. Adira, why don't you roll a uh, systems check for me? Seven. Seven. It's not hard. Um, the, the the machine, the uh, the automated uh, uh, IFF systems on the uh, ASP are still functioning, and now that they're now that it's crashed, it's gone into an emergency mode, and you now have a wealth of data about the uh, ship's identification and origin and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you are able to get a, a sort of uh, uh, function report on it. You kind of you kind of scroll through the systems, and you can see that most of the systems are offline. Anything you want to know? Does it have any weapons that can still target us? Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly! Some say he's all twisted up, waiting for a national holiday that celebrates Jamaican hairstyles. And although one's not been announced, he's absolutely dreading it. But all he knows he's called the Shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. A recap of last week's community question. Anybody got any tips or tricks for making No More Sky work better, or at all? Did you guys have fun with Rebel Galaxy Outlaw? Stephen Hunter UK writes in, Some say that he knows an electric diesel from a diesel electric, and that he went to school with an Olympic gold medal winner. All we know is he's called Stephen Hunter, and he sent this piece of feedback. Anyway, just discovered a rather good free space sim for you, still in early access, but what there is looks very impressive. The Orville Interactive Fan Experience. It's on Steam if you want to take a look. And it is cool. I I saw the original version of that was a Star Trek uh, recreation of the Galaxy Class Enterprise. That was shut down, and that team, I think, is doing this Orville Interactive Experience, and it's great. Is it is it VR? I don't think so. I think it's just like a, a recreation of... It was originally the Enterprise, and now it's the Orville. Because the Orville is embracing fan creation oh, when Star Trek was yeah. stepping on it. I remember mm. that. Yeah. So it's it's great that they were able to take that team and do something great with it still. Because they were doing good work with the, the Star Trek thing. And I, I, I hate that I can't remember the name of that project. But they, they uh, were working on it for the Orville. So it's cool that they're still doing something. It's neat that that's on Steam. And it's cool that they're not getting shut down this time. Because that was wrong. Rebel writes in and says, Tip for making No Man's Sky better, the uninstall button. Yes! Good show, though, guys. Sean Newboy writes in and says, Deja Vu, episode 270. Henry was right two weeks in a row. Good job, Henry. Never happens. Alec Turner writes in and says, Hmm, really wanted to give NMS a second chance. I got swept up in the original hype, bought it at release, played it for four hours, hated it, Went back to Elite. See, I am not the only one. You guys uh, just don't get it. I should you, not have given you this feedback. Jeff, you me. haven't how, even played how, it, though. However, I've got a lot of respect for how Sean and company buckled down under the hail 
of criticism and got on with fixing stuff big time from what I've read and the buzz around Beyond VR release. Had me considering giving it another go, but man, your review did not sell me on it at all. I had nothing to do with that. <clears throat> I kicked myself for falling for it twice, so I think I'll just leave it until people I trust, you and Obsidian Ant, for example, make it sound worth like the 40 pounds I paid for it. Yeah, you're right. It was a rough release, but it's it's straightened up quite a bit, and I've actually been wait, playing it constantly wait. all week. This is like the th second or third rough release that they've had. I mean, yeah, come they're on. at releases. Yeah, they're not good at releases. But yeah, it's nobody's so. like saying that they're this great thing that they put out this awesome product, perfect on the first try. We've given them a whole lot of criticism. I'm just giving credit where it's due. It's fun as shit, man. I had a ball with it this week. So. What you're saying is that your controller uh, woes have largely been solved? They have been solved because I have grown accustomed to uh, using the controls, and I figured out what I was doing wrong with a lot of it. Like, trying to stand up and turn around, I was losing uh, where, where forward was a lot, and I started playing sitting down like you recommended. Definitely not happening anymore. Um, and I found that holding the controller, the Vive controller, upright... I'm doing it on screen, but holding it like this, I can play and keep things synced. I tend to hold it like this, oh, which was causing forward. a lot of problems. So it seems silly, but this is actually backwards. This is reverse. So if I oh. put down, I back up. So what's happening is I'd be trying to run, but I was basically running into the ground and not able to go anywhere. So ah. I wasn't able to run. I was having a hard time getting around, and I would end up with the controller like this sometimes, trying to Twisted. move forward. Twisted, you know, it'd be okay. sideways, and I'd try to move forward. But it was all because I didn't have the orientation right, and because I would spin my whole body around instead of using okay. my head and using the other controller to move. So, so I've see. gotten it down. It's not as good as, like, the Skyrim controls, which are amazing. It's not as good as the Fallout 4 controls, which are also better than this. It's, it's some of the worst, like, VR controls to get used to. But now that I'm used to it, I'm, I'm having a ball. It's it's intuitive. It's fine okay. once I get used to it. So maybe right. intuitive isn't the word. I've become accustomed to it. It's definitely not intuitive to start. You've, you've climbed the learning curve. That's and the thing, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. Well, and so uh, it's and, – and it is a free update. So, you know, Alec Turner, it's, it, it just costs you apparently the time investment to get used to the controls. So that, that's, that's about the size of it. Unless he refunded – when he bought it before, but I didn't oh, specifically true. say that. The original release was so bad, I attempted to refund it. Um, interesting story. I started the game. I downloaded it, started it. It didn't load. It was just frozen. It was doing that thing where you're flying through space, and it was real choppy. Yeah. I left it running because I couldn't get it to load all night. I left it running, and then in the morning, it, it had loaded in, right? But they said, oh, you played it too long. I can't refund it. I'm like, I left uh. it on so that I could start the thing because it takes, like, <laughs> hours to get through the clouds at the beginning you idiot so i couldn't i couldn't refund it it was just worthless uh, um, but yeah but but you grew still to love is. It. i grew to love it yeah it's it's really it's a great game now um i'm still i'm still in the first starting system right like no man's sky start i yeah. started over yeah i'm still in the first system haven't even got a hyperdrive yet because the pace is so much slower in vr but yeah. definitely a lot of fun like I've, i'm building a base in vr i've got this big wooden cabin it's fantastic uh, it's a really great game, really immersive. All right, cool. Wertherspoon writes in, a comment provide completely free of context. Prawns, pink things you put in your mouth. Thanks, Wertherspoon. Commander Stainless Rat says, 
Saw this and thought it was interesting. Might be worth mentioning on the next show. Really enjoy you guys. And he links to an article talking about... Earnings per share growth on Frontier Developments. Uh, I went ahead and read this. Uh, the, 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 the takeaway of it is that this Yahoo Finance analyst really likes the earnings per share growth that Frontier has turned in for the past year or so. Uh, they've their their share price has gone up quite a bit. Uh, their revenues have gone up quite a bit, uh, and uh, he's he's recommending people get on this train before it pulls out of the station, which usually means one of two things: either the bottom's about to fall out, or they're anticipating another slug of revenue sometime later on. So the next thing that I think I'm aware of is the Elite 2020 expansion and Planet Zoo. I'm not sure if Planet Zoo is actually out already or is getting ready to uh, come out. So, um, but yeah, it, it, so Frontier is uh, 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 catching the eyes of at least one Yahoo Finance analyst uh, as a as a good investment. So, your mileage may vary. Forward-looking statements, blah blah blah. Please consult your financial advisor, et cetera, et cetera. The views expressed here are those of the uh, uh, hosts and not necessarily those of Priority One Productions LLC or Guard Frequency Podcasts. There, I've said it. I was thinking about. The performance of American markets are pretty low nowadays. You know, maybe it wouldn't hurt to diversify, but I'm not sure I, I want to diversify into Brexit. So. Yeah, that, that's the other. Yeah, that's the other you know, thing. You, you're gonna have to buy this stock in British pounds, and that the bottom may fall out of that uh, come October yeah. 31st if Bojo over there uh, doesn't get his act together. So, I mean, Frontier's doing fine, but the rest of the country, you know. I was talking to Lennon the other day about, uh, you, yeah, you're there, Brian, about the Mars bars. Oh, yeah. They're pretty sure they're going to run out of Mars bars, which in American is Milky Way. The, the the American word for Mars bar is a Milky Way, we determined. So, uh, you know, for as a care package, if you have any British friends, I would highly recommend sending Milky Ways over across the Atlantic because I'm pretty sure they'll be used as currency in the post-Brexit uh, economy over there. It'll be like Mad Max. Yeah. Everybody's... Yeah. Zooming around, eating, gobbling up their Mars bars. No, don't eat them. My God, man, that's cash. What are you talking about? You could trade that for fuel. You could trade that for, for ammunition. What are you doing? Don't eat the Mars bars. You're eating your money. Horsk from Okinawa says, Okay, guys, I know you love to discuss the merits of Star Citizen and Elite, so let's talk about the invisible elephant in the room. FDEV are a very understating company and have never promised the moon on a stick, as Cloud Imperium like to do. FDEV keep a tight lid on most of what's coming out next year. But just suppose space legs are much more than space legs, and we end up with ground combat on foot as well as in assault bikes and buggies. Where would this leave Star Citizen and its 2020-something release date? Great show, guys, and how about all of y'all get together and play Imperium Galactic Survival sometime? It's a great game in multiplayer co-op. Well, so, so... What's the consequence here? I mean, I, I, I kind of believe the leak that uh, we're going to have first-person combat shooting Thargoids in the Call 70 sector. I think that's going to be a big part of the 2020 release. Yeah, but he's indicating that it might be bigger and have a bigger ground game competing with Star Citizen. And would we really need Star Citizen at that point? And I think that that's not a realistic comparison. There's no way we'll get the level of first-person that we have in Star Citizen. Um, it's just never going to happen. Yeah, I, I think anybody that plays Star Citizen now realizes that it's not something that's easily replicatable. Now, people can, you, you guys can slam on SIG all day long about how them not shipping something and what they have shipped is not necessarily what was first promised, but what they have shipped is, 
at least in, in most people's view, is somewhat of a technological marvel. It is, it is very interesting. Um, it is to be able to sell a product that's not real and doesn't exist. And to do that perpetually hard, for hard, six hard, years. Hard. Back to the back to the whole space legs thing. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the you know Star Citizen is an MMO, and and Elite isn't really an MMO in the same no. definition. No, I, and I think their decision to make the carriers personal is a perfect example of how much Elite is not an MMO. Yeah, this yeah. whole like one inst- one carrier per instance thing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So I, I the, uh, they're. I agree. I agree that Star Citizen is still going to be a very different game. Elite's going to have a different experience, mostly because their comfort zone is those theme park games, right? Roller Coaster Tycoon and Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster, and you know they say part of this is going to be base building too. I mean, that's their that's their strength, right? That's where that's where they really uh, show some expertise. The first person combat thing, if that is what we get, if we get some sort of bug hunt. Uh, thing in FPS, that will be a step out for them, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's still going to be two very different games, and I hate first-person shooters, so there you are. And Imperium Galactic Survival, I did check that out. I, you know, it, it does look interesting. It's graphically not as um, enticing, perhaps, as either Elite or Star Citizen is, but uh, the gameplay looks fairly well-developed, and uh, it does have uh, a lot of the same features, you know, space combat, ground combat, base attacks, space uh, combat, uh, ground assaults. I mean, it's got the the, the same kind of mix, so it does look pretty cool. A lot of building. It's more like uh, good space engineers. (laughs) Good space engineers, right, right. Developed space engineers. Or better. Better space engineers. Better. Ken from Chicago writes in from Twitter, replying to guard frequency in reverse order. Community question number two. One day I'm going to actually play Rebel Galaxy that I downloaded last year on Steam sale, hopefully before I try to buy it again. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw will have to wait. And community question number one. You know Jeff's answer. A strange game. The only winning move is not to play. How about a nice game of chess? That's from oh, war, war Games. Yeah, yeah. Nice Matthew Broderick reference in our show here tonight. That's good. Patreon. Thanks to Jason McFarlane, backing us for over four years. Way to go, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Batches of patches sent. Everyone except Werechill getting to it. <laughs> Promise one should have one or have it on the way. And this week's community questions. How much are you planning to grind for your carrier? Any 890 hot tub pilots out there? Any reservations about the new developer on Kerbal 2? Otherwise, how is the show? I'll give you a topic. The fleet carrier is neither fleet nor carrier. Discuss. Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 272 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 273 on September 3rd, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin at Chivalry being Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Multiverse Problems Sanders, and of course, our audio architects, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our shows. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one was listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Contact 330, Carol 15. Squawk 7700.
We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can get. We can get. We can get, and then we can get. <clears throat> we just basically steal other people's shows, yes. change the names, and this repackage is, it. That's what we do. Th- this is like like one of those collage shows that you get. Like It's like the worst one of the season, but that's yeah. literally every show. Yeah. All right, I'm going to start over. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes you to skiver, skin a wyvern. Skiver, 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 what? Chipmunk filter. Chipmunk filter. Learn yeah. all about Chip- the latest publications, tools, trips, and <laughs> and traps, and less time it takes to give away. <clears throat> Learn all about the latest public. Would you stop talking? I'm just. I was just going to tell you that was better than the last three takes you did. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just do it one more time with a little less. Tony's a dick. That's all we need. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, no, and traps. No, 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 Chipmunk. No, not Mr. Hanky. Chipmunk. Come on, man. Take some direction. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. In less time than it takes to read that set. <laughs> you can all go to hell. It's <laughs> good, you guys, and doing him. In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from simulated space. Simulated space. <laughs> we're doing. We're off to a ripping start here, guys. Ripping start. We should do. We should uh, do a, 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 one laughing. of these April uh, Fools episodes where we all we all just pick a character and just just hold to it the whole episode. I mean, you can easily do Sean the whole episode. I think. Oh, well, yeah. I, I live in that guy's head. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Enough. Yeah. Well, well you know, uh, I think uh, the takeaway we can have here is a great title for this week's show, Dirigible Orgy. Mm. Um, I think I, I think that, uh, that, 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 that this, I mean, any objections? I saw Jeff sort of nodding his head a little bit. I, I would not search that on, on Google. All, I'm, true, I'm, very true. But, but if you did, as of next Tuesday, this show should show up. So... Uh, <laughs> Good for us. Yay, yay team. Um, I'm looking okay. forward to the show art on that one. Horsk. Hor, hor, horsk. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, I'm not coughing. That's the guy's handle. Sorry, Horsk. But it is a carrier. But it's I don't not. Get, I don't get the it's job. a personal carrier that carries your personal fleet. It is absolutely a fleet carrier. It is not. It's not, not it's a not squad a carrier. That I didn't give you the topic. I gave the listeners a topic. And it's the fake question anyway. <laughs> okay, it's I'm the writing fake in feedback. question anyway. Romulan Ale writes in. <laughs> Hashtag Tony's wrong. It's a fleet carrier. Because it's it carries your personal question. fleet. It's the fake question. Uh, read the copy. Kinshada, read the copy. No more sky rules. Oh, f*** you. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote that as you were reading that. That's great. So and he read it. I'm, I'm 99% He's sure. Burgundy over here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. San Diego. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure the audio editors can chop that off right there. Uh, but if not, they could just read it and bleep it, you know, <laughs> or whatever. That's fine. Yeah, okay. better bleep that whole freaking thing after yeah. the deep black gets pretty lonely. Well, let's the out of that and 